Well, good morning. The, uh, the last reaction to Ahsoka right here. Um, I just watched it again for the second time. Watched it last night with the fam. And, um, you know, as I do with these shows, in the moment, it's I feel it's like kind of hard to gauge how I feel about it. Um, I think with most of the shows that have come out, I felt that way with the exception of Andor's finale. But this one, I was watching it and trying to like absorb like all that was happening because knowing that this show was not going to get uh, the neat little bow, um, at least for the season, like you just kind of have to accept and, and not really feel like they're dropping clues or anything, but like the kind of things that would uh, allude to what might be coming later on. So while there was some resolution for some specific things in the show, like there was a lot that was left wide open. Um, and I know for some people, it seems to be kind of ruffling some feathers, which is understandable. You know, you, you kind of feel like you want to have some resolution for some of these things and it kind of doesn't, uh, in some instances, it didn't come, uh, at least not at this part of the story, but we'll get there. It, it's going to take some time and it sucks to have to wait, but we'll get there. Um, first and foremost, uh, Ray Stevenson only being at the end of the episode was um, uh, kind of bittersweet. You know, like we, we wanted him to be in this thing, knowing it was going to be the last time that we see him. And um, it was um, didn't even have any lines or anything. But Ray's going to be missed by a lot of us. He was a powerhouse in this in this series. And whatever they do with the character after this, um, whoever fills that role, um, they've got some pretty big shoes to fill. And it's uh, it's unfortunate that he's not here to bask in, in all of the love that the fandom has kind of showered upon him. But um, yeah, it just kind of sucks. And it was on my mind last night, you know, seeing those last scenes and even just throughout the episode too, like when is he was going to show up and when are we going to, the last time we're going to see him kind of stuff. Um, not as a distraction, but just as you kind of prepare, you know, kind of prepping for it. <clears throat> but let's jump into what this show kind of happened here. The, uh, we get a cool shot of the Chimera in the beginning and the cargo transfer is complete. And if you looked at like the earlier, like schematics that showed, what was being loaded up. And it was only like 55 like things like on their, um, like on the hologram, but there's a lot more than 55 somethings being put in that cargo hold. Um, there could have been thousands of something that are in there. I don't know. I didn't count it all, but there was a lot of shit there. Uh, <clears throat> uh, whatever the hell it is, if it's more night sister stuff or death and Mary stuff, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Um, the conversation between Thrawn and Morgan where he says, you know, I've seen, he's watched many like Imperial leaders, uh, underestimate the small acts of rebellion. And that he says, uh, even I fell victim to the heroics of a single Jedi. Um, yeah, my man had to eat some humble pie a while ago and uh, he's kind of vowing to say never again. So in order to do that, 
he calls on the Night Sisters to. Uh... Oh, pardon my yawn. It's early. Whew. Been a while. Um, to uh, <clears throat> the Night Sisters imbue the gift of shadows to Morgan Elsbeth. Um, and and I have to say, like, as much as I've been like trying to not get hung up on the technical sides of this thing, just to pick up on the story, like. Diana Lee Inosanto's um, performance as Morgan in this show was kind of not my favorite. Um, it wasn't awful or anything, but it just there were just some parts where it seemed like she was told to ham it up, and it kind of doesn't work a little bit. But I guess it's neither here nor there. But anyway, <clears throat> so one of the mothers puts her hands on her face. She gets like the black night sister marks, and that, hey, guess what? That's how you become a night sister. Um, and um, she's given the Gift of Shadows and the Blade of Talzin. And it was like, oh, that's cool. It's got green fire coming off of that shit. Um, it was really cool looking. And uh, the whole time Thrawn is just watching stoically. And you got to wonder what he's learned about the kind of supernatural, um, the force, the magic, and his understanding of it now. Because we know that that was a weakness for him before. But when the sword is just kind of hanging in the air and the one mother says... The one great mother says to take it. It's just spinning. And it's got this uh, sword of Damocles feeling to it. And uh, you might have to look that one up in the uh, mythology stuff. I'm not getting into it now. So I'll cut back to the T6 and the Nodi kind of floating around. And Ezra's in the hold with Hu Yang. And he's building a new lightsaber. And he's doing it real haphazardly. There's no rhyme or reason to kind of what he's doing. He's just throwing the damn thing together. And... There's a lot, this scene made me realize that there's a lot about just the history in general, not what he's missed being off in this other galaxy, but just what he's, was never made aware of, of the galaxy of the known universe, um, that Hu Yang kind of fills him in a little bit, uh, and, you know, Kanan's emitter, uh, and the, the thought that Hu Yang knew who Kanan was uh, by name. As the name Kanan. Um, and he knew Caleb Doom, clearly. But uh, he says he knew Kanan as well on uh, Sabine's mention of him. And, you know, saying that there were only two emitters like that. And it's fitting that Ezra gets the other one. And he turns the blade on and the damn thing is blue. And the music is there. And uh, I got a little misty-eyed. I got, I got a little sweaty-eyed in this moment. Um and, you know, Ezra asks him, like, how long have you been alive? And he says, long enough to know that uh, the master and apprentice relationship is as challenging as it is meaningful. And uh, my man knows some things. And uh, it's at this point that he learns about the fate of Sabine's family. And it probably, probably put some things into context for him, that he gave up everything. And uh, kind of like his own family, you know, they have uh, <clears throat> this trauma bond Um even though the acts happen at different points in their lives, you know, as were when he was much younger, Sabine as an adult and, you know, realizing that, um, she couldn't be there to help because Ahsoka held her back saying that if she'd gone in and realized her full, uh, potential there, that she could have turned into something dark and that would have been a problem. So that's why Ahsoka held her back. So, um, Cut to Sabine and Ahsoka, and they're standing on the top of the T6 as it's kind of hovering along. 
And what I liked about this scene is the way that it's kind of shot and blocked is that, you know, Ahsoka's sitting up on the top of the thing and Sabine is kind of in the foreground. Um, and it's just for this couple of seconds here, but Ahsoka is on the white part of the ship. She's found her clarity and Sabine is where the ship is red. Um, and she still has some conflict in her. She hasn't gotten to where she needs. She hasn't gotten to the white yet. She hasn't found her, her clarity of purpose like Ahsoka has. And I thought it was just an interesting way to show that, that literally on this, as the ship is moving, they're on their journey slowly and steady. Uh, Ahsoka's in the white and Sabine is in the red. Uh, you know, like I said, just showing a little bit of symbolism there, but it's the only time they really show that because afterwards when Ahsoka comes down, um, which that little slide down, I think felt very Ahsoka. I kind of, I love that, uh, that they threw that in there. Um, but that symbolism kind of goes away. Uh, in, but then the conversation starts where, you know, Ahsoka's talking about Anakin saying that he always stood by me no matter what. And they talk about her training and she says, I try. Nope, I do, I do. Um, and Ahsoka revealing to her saying like, being a Jedi isn't uh, about wielding a lightsaber. There, there's kind of more to it. Train your mind, your body and trust in the force. And then as if the force is like, you guys got stuff to do. The two TIE fighters show up, Death Run dropped out and told them to uh, find earlier. And uh, we see Ezra and Ahsoka team up to hold up the T6 because they get shot and they don't want to crush the uh, little note underneath. They get some power to the ship and um, I'll be damned if Sabine doesn't just hold those two TIE fighters and it takes the T6 down in the process. So even uh, Sid watching with Isaac, he was all like, oh, she's going to hold all them. Um, kid smart. Got to give it to him because I didn't know what they were going to do. Anyway. So now they're down, Thrones notified of what's going on, and he says that it was an acceptable outcome. And then he says to um, issue a citation to the captain, I think something like that. I'm like, yeah, he's like, he's writing up the dude that just died. Is it is that that's the vibe I got? I don't know. Um, this seemed a little weird. Anyway, so they take off um, our three mains here, Ezra, Ahsoka, and Sabine on the Howlers and Hu Yang is the one to say may the force be with you to them. They don't even say it to each other. A little weird. Anyway, so well, the troops are imbued with the green. Here's where we get our zombie troopers, our night brother troopers, night trooper troopers. Um, they were volunteered and uh, you know Morgan says that they volunteered for you and he says no, for the Empire. Uh, for the security of our galaxy. And Still got to wonder Thrawn's motivations here a little bit because we know from the books that his motivations have to do with securing uh, the ascendancy for the Chiss, and that's why he allied with the Empire in the first place. So, just kind of just looking at the uh, perforated lines of his motivation here and kind of seeing what's going on because um, there's got to be something else here. It can't just be in service of the Emperor and the Empire. That was never Thrawn's MO. Either way, so um, Ahsoka says, you know, hey, we're just going to take the front door uh, as they're looking at the Eye of Sion from across this field as it's over the uh, Dathomiri Temple or the Zepho Temple, whatever the hell you want to call it at this point. Um, and Thrawn says, uh, we got to shoot him. Get those uh, plastic howlers off the ground. It's very Kylo Ren fashion, even though it's really calm. And uh, they start shooting. Of course they get through and uh, they got to use the force to open the doors and it reminded me of when as when Ezra and 
Maul had to open the the Jedi Temple doors together. Uh, they had to work together. But the three of them do it. Even Sabine is... is throws uh, what little bits of her one midichlorian at the door to try to get it open. Um, and uh, they get through. And uh, they start fighting them troopers. And this, again, not wanting to get into the technicalities here, but, like, it, this part kind of took me out. Like, I, not, not the fighting in and of itself, but the way Rosario Dawson was kind of throwing her blades around, um, it seemed very weightless as she was deflecting the blaster bolts. Um, and uh, it, it looked a little willy-nilly to me. It, it didn't look right. Something about it just seemed off. So, like, sabers, and I wrote this down, sabers against blaster bolts is kind of meh, but saber on saber stuff, saber on sword that we get in a minute, I thought looked really cool. Um, the mother's chant, as all the, you know, the troops all go down. They take them all down. And then uh, the, the mothers say whatever their Klaatu, uh, Barakta, Barada, Nikto lines and get them back up. And they're zombie troopers, and they got green eyes through their helmets. Um, and they come back and it's new according to Ezra, Ezra. Um, and Thrawn says that they need more time. And he basically tells Morgan, like, you got to stay and fight. You got power now. And, uh, I can't be here. So I fought Jedi. I ain't doing that again. And she just, and this, that the edit for that particular scene went on way too long. There's like 30 seconds of them just kind of standing and staring at each other and felt kind of weird. Kind of cue the Paula Cole. Um, anyway, so you get the Morgan and Ahsoka fight. And this, I thought this was cool, um, the way the sword and the saber was. And we know that Diana Lee and Asanto can, she can fight. She's been trained. I mean, she's Bruce Lee's niece. Um, and I think she did some of the stunt work for the episode The Jedi and The Mandalorian uh, when we first saw Ahsoka a couple years ago. So she's plenty capable. I, I thought the choreography here was, was really well done. Um, and... They have to split up here. Sabine and Ezra go up top, and there's two death troopers up there, like actual, like from Rogue One death troopers with the red stuff on and the Kintsugi, and they look pretty badass. I love the way that they looked. Um, Ahsoka, I'm sorry, Sabine shoots the one, and it's like the jaw part of its helmet breaks off, and you see the jaw underneath, and that thing is messed up. Um, I thought that was really cool, and she, this is when she's able to use the Force. And she grabs her saber and she puts it right through that thing's head, takes it down. Uh, and uh, Ezra, same thing, is uh, kind of losing. And Sabine jumps in to help him, and uh, he cuts that thing's head off. And uh, kind of brutal because we see the like the um, the neck. You know what I mean? Still uh, with its little embers cauterized uh, as it rolled away. You don't actually see the head come off, but you see it off because um, there's like a little like a little blockage there or whatever. Anyway, uh, and then you get the uh, toss me scene where Ezra's like, you know, or Sabine sounded like we can do this jump to get on the Chimera as it's floating away. And uh, she says, jump and I'll push you. And uh, he does and she does. And he gets up there without, but then there's a fall, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. But the force theme plays, which is kind of cool to hear again. It always is. And uh, I noticed, I didn't notice it the first time around, but I noticed on my second viewing that the shuttle that Ezra uses later is sitting right there on the edge. So he didn't have to go very far. He could have just stayed hidden in that shuttle the entire time um, instead of wandering through 
the ship trying to find somewhere to hide. And uh, we know that he drags that trooper off and um, takes its clothes, takes its uh, stormtrooper armor, which is very on brand for Ezra. I mean, he spent a lot of time wearing and collecting stormtrooper stuff back in Rebels. So it works. It fit. It's just lucky for him that uh, that trooper have the same um, body shape as him. So good on you. Um, we get uh, Sabine and Ahsoka again. Ahsoka's blade is destroyed because uh, Morgan Elsbeth is like, she's tough. She breaks her little uh, Shinto blade. And uh, Ahsoka's about to go down. What I thought was weird at this point was like the night troopers are just standing and watching, which, you know, I didn't see Morgan like put a hand up to tell him like, hey, stop or something. But like they're just kind of standing and waiting. And then uh, Morgan Elsbeth, she go dead. She got sliced in her belly twice, both with the sword and the saber. Kind of a cool little shot. And it looks to me like Ahsoka might have kept the sword. Um, which would be kind of cool. Maybe put it into use later on. Maybe if it's still imbued with Night Sister Magic, they can use that for whatever the hell else is going on on this planet. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, we um, the, There's a quick cut of, of Thrawn as they're about to leave. Uh, atmosphere. And he looks a little, just a touch shaken because the Night Mothers realize that Morgan is dead and they say as much. Um, something about his demeanor for just a sec looks like, like oh damn, um, we better hurry up. He knows what he's up against. So um, he then says, uh, you know, blow up the whole damn thing. I'm not, I ain't got time to mess around. Just blow it all up. I don't care. And uh, Hu Yang rescues uh, Sabine and Ahsoka as they jump off the side of the thing. The whole damn thing collapses, um, which is kind of cool looking. And the the chase of the eye of the the eye of Sion. Wow, that's a the chase of the eye of Sion is on. That's a tough sentence to say, guys, but I managed to get it out. Um, and Thrawn talks to Ahsoka over the comm, and he says that he come. I commend you on your efforts. Um, and then uh, he says, uh, you know, that perhaps they shall never meet now because uh, I got to go home. And he says, I know you because I knew your master. And he says, uh, he wonders how similar you might become to him because he knows Anakin was Vader. And it kind of ruffles something in Ahsoka. Um, but we know she's 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 in the light. So I didn't think she's all good. And he says, uh, it's fitting that... Uh, a Ronin such as yourself uh, would be stuck here because you belong here. A Ronin. Um, and then he says, long live the Empire. And he's like, yeet! As he gives them both he, double birds. He gives them both the finger as he flies off, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, he didn't do that. Um, the Nodi are happy to see Ahsoka and Sabine. And I'm like, hey, good for you guys. Ahsoka and Sabine are probably like, hey, okay, I guess we're stuck with you guys. And then when then we see the little Morai owl, which when it happened, I was like, out loud went, come on! Where the hell was this owl the whole time? It didn't bother me. I just was like, okay. Like, a little bit on the nose. And then we get the uh, Return of the King quick cut ending here. And uh, Shin raises her blades. They're blades of the nomads. And they're just kind of like, what? what? Who's that? Uh, okay, we'll bring her in. And these are our final shots with Ray Stevenson, uh, Balin, Finally finding out what he was after this whole time. 
And there's a giant face behind him carved into the mountain or the cliffside or whatever the hell it is. And I didn't catch it immediately. It only took me a couple of seconds because then Isaac was like, Mortis! Super loud. Uh, And I was like, oh, damn. The kid's right. And we see Balin looking off in the distance. And then we see the three Mortis figures from right to left, the son, the father, and assuming the daughter. uh, I say assuming because she ain't got no head. And I wonder what is being implied there. Um, if you saw the Mortis arc in the Clone Wars, you know what we know what happens to them. Like they don't exist anymore. And in that story, Anakin was being asked to become the new quote unquote father to keep balance as a chosen one. Um, and then they get yeeted out of there, and that doesn't happen. So with the Morai Owl and Mortis alluded to here and whatever the hell Balin's looking at off in the distance there's a little light on a mountaintop way off uh you know there's been a lot of rumors about Abeloth I don't think we're going to see Abeloth in this thing anywhere but uh is that a temple is there a gateway to the world between worlds there what the hell is going on because Balin looking for this thing, feeling this calling, whatever the hell it is. Um, the sculpture, the carving of the father is pointing at the, whatever that is. He's pointing at it. I'm going to have to go back and watch the Mortis arc. Um, Dave Filoni on his weird shit, uh, throwing a wrench in right at the end. I, I don't know what it means, but I thought it was really cool. Um, I, there's nothing unexpected about it because Dave Filoni is all about throwing weird ass bones in there like that. So it works for me. Um, we see Thrawn come out of hyperspace. Well, not really out of hyperspace. We see him flying, uh, to Dathomir and the witches are the, um, night mothers. They look very pleased to be air quoting home here. I wonder if he's just going to drop them off and leave, um, and then try to do what he's got to do with the empire or. I don't know. I, it took three days to get all of that cargo onto things, so assuming he's going to be there for a little bit, uh, regrouping or whatever. And I, is he going to have to do more stuff to the ship? Is that thing just going to keep the uh, the Eye of Scion around it? Um, or is he going to get it repaired? I don't know. Let's see what's going to happen. We see um, that the shuttle that we saw in the very opening episode flying into the New Republic fleet. And I was like... Wait, what the hell's going on? And we see uh, one of the night trooper armored persons comes out. And uh, it's Ezra. And it's Chopper is the one that realizes that it's him. And you get a little bit of that uh, Chopper speak. Is that you? I clearly heard. I don't know what the hell else he was saying. But uh, it's kind of a touching moment. And I know a lot of people are upset that we didn't see Ezra and, and, and Hera hug. But he just says Hera. And she says Ezra. And he says, I'm home. And the ghost is in the background as he's walking toward them. So it almost looks like he's walking toward the ghost, which was cool. And the music cue, once again, the Kiners threw in the old school rebel cues. Um, was uh, was very touching, to say the least. I don't care that they didn't hug. I really don't. Um, didn't bother me any. Cut back to Ahsoka and Sabine. And this is kind of our epilogue here. And uh, Ahsoka's telling her basically like, 
stay optimistic here. Like, yes, we're stuck here, but we didn't lose, really. You got Ezra home. You succeeded there. Um, you know, I got to fi find the victories here. And she says, Ezra is where he needs to be, and so are we, uh, and it's time to move on. And uh, there's got to be something with that mortise stuff and that light mountain thing. I don't know what is going on there, guys. I, I'm, I, I plan on doing a full series breakdown with a guest. Kind of talked about it a little bit with a friend. Um, who knows when that'll happen because uh, there's still a strike going on. But we see Sabine looking off in the distance and she kind of feels something. And she says, ah, it's nothing. Just uh, shadows in the starlight, which I like that turn of phrase. And then Ahsoka looks off and turns back to walk towards the Nodi camp as they're all packed up. And um, lo and behold, Force Ghost Anakin is there. And while I thought it was cool, and I don't have any major problems with it, um, because it would make sense that he would be doing something to look over her or to, you know, help guide her. I was kind of hoping, and this is just my own thing, that the first time we saw Force Ghost Anakin, not War Between Worlds Anakin, not Hologram Clone Wars Anakin, but the first time we would see Force Ghost Anakin would be with Luke. That was my hope, and uh, that's, that's not the case. I'm sure it'll happen at some point, but I was kind of hoping that the first time we saw uh, Shimmery Blue Anakin post-Return of the Jedi would have been with Luke. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why it uh, it touched me the way that it did. But it was cool. You know, he had that little smirk on his face and he's going to be there to help. But again, is there some kind of connection with the father and the Mortis stuff? Um, Anakin does appear in the Shadow of the Sith book by Adam Christopher to Luke. And he talks about how difficult it is to manifest and become a force ghost in that moment because they're in like, it's almost like in a vision, uh, that scene. I don't want to get too much into it, but, uh, it's really cool. But guys, uh, overall, you know, I, I enjoyed the series and I remember Pete texted me a few hours before the first episode started and he was like, are you hyped for this thing? What's your hype level? And at the time it was low, uh, not because I did not want the show to be or anything, but it was more like. I have to keep my expectations in check because I'm not going to have my expect my own expectations ruin what the show is. I need to just absorb it for what it is. And that approach really helped um, because I really enjoyed this series. I think the f episodes four and five were probably my favorites. Um, seeing Thrun for the first time is something that I'm never, ever going to forget. 32 years waiting for that son of a bitch. Um, it was pretty cool. But... Um, now we wait. We have uh, who knows what's coming next. If it's Mando season four in connection with these characters, there was no stinger at the end. There was no trailer or announcement of anything. Uh, how is skeleton crew gonna connect? Who knows? But it's all part of a connected universe. And I, again, I can see people's disappointment in it not being something that felt a little more neatly wrapped up. But for me, I think it all worked pretty well. Um, I don't really have any major problems with it being the way that it was. But it, I, on my initial viewing last night, I was kind of like, Isaac loved it. And he was like, that was the best thing I've ever seen. And he was like, dad, what did you think? And I was like, I don't know, kiddo. I need time to process it. He's like, what do you mean? That was great. And I was like, no, 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 yeah, I agree. Um, but I need time to process. And now having slept on it and watched it a second time, I really did enjoy this episode. I enjoyed the series as a whole. Um, I think step ups with the volume 
word great. Um, I, clearly they used it, uh, but to great effect, I think this time around, the show did not feel very claustrophobic like, you know, some scenes in other shows have, and I'm not trying to start comparisons, but um, I just, I, I thought it was all really well done. Um, and shout out to the Kiners. I hope there's score in the movie for Dave Filoni uh, whenever that comes out in a couple of years. But, you know, guys, uh, I got to get into work. We've been talking now for almost a half an hour. So if you guys want to touch base with me, you know how to do that. You can send me an email through the website. Uh, There's a link to do that at jamtransmissions.com. You can check out links to the socials there as well and to TeePublic where you can get some cool shirts um, and other stuff. You can find me on Twitter and uh, BlueSky at CadBanesBounty. And uh, that's about the only places I'm at except for the... um, Blast Point Super Chill group on Facebook and the Tumbling Saber Facebook group. Um, but uh, yeah, you check me uh, doing um, quick shots for Broaxium from time to time. Just had one this week for Shadows of Starlight, first part in uh, Phase 3 of the High Republic. And uh, it was very good. It's out uh, today as I'm recording. So, guys, let me know what you think. Um, I'm sure I'm going to have a lot more thoughts. I'll probably watch this episode a few more times. And uh, before I do my big series wrap up whenever I'm, whenever I'm able to do that. But uh, until next time, because I think that's the last Star Wars TV we're getting for the year. Um, hard to believe. Star Wars season is kind of over except for books and comics, which I, we're going to have a lot to talk about in that regard because High Republic's starting up. I already read Eye Darkness and I loved it. So we'll talk about that um, in November. It's weird to say that as it's... Uh, October now, but uh, we got some time for that. It's got some other book reviews coming up pretty soon. And uh, yeah, I got to go, guys. I got to get into work and, uh, and build America and do all that fun shit. So uh, until next time, guys, may that force be with you. <laughs>